And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome back to another Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. I'm Mike Newell and look, this time of year, it kind of sucks watching other MLS teams kind of get it right and celebrate and figure it all out. But don't worry, we will have more talk about your Reds um, in a sort of an overall grab bag at the beginning of the show here. We will discuss the latest DP quote in the media. We'll see how that goes. Um, we're talk a little bit about a potential new rule change for MLS, a fourth DP. How is that going to be? Um, and then, of course, we'll also chat a bit about Jonathan Osorio in his situation uh, at Toronto FC. We will also briefly get into another wet, cold, disappointing night at BMO Field last week as Canada dropped a winnable tie against Jamaica. I'll talk about my experiences there, obviously, but we'll also talk about um, how how Canada might have lost a winnable tie. And, of course, we will get to the burning question presented by Nextdoor. As you see, no Michael Singh again this week, um, but you do have uh, me and my co-host Jeffrey P. Nesker with you this week. Jeff, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, don't look outside. Because uh, at least in in middle downtown Toronto or Bloor West Village or wherever. Oh, no, I'm actually in the annex. Why was I blanking on that? But at least in the annex, um, it's not looking so good outside. So um, that winter is here. You know, it sounds like a Game of Thrones quote now. But unfortunately, winter is here. Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, it was briefly splurring outside my window uh, this afternoon. Um, but now it's just kind of cold and a little bit rainy. Um interesting sort of week in sort of mm -hmm. Canadian soccer between the men's national team, you know, some TFC stuff. Um, you were actually at an event. Um, I was. Week, uh, and it was the TFC town hall, which they, they kind of do for, for supporters and stuff like that. Um, just wanted to get your sort of experiences at it. What you sort of got out of the, the whole thing and, and sort of just the overall sort of show they put on for you. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you got Food Corner here because uh, it might as well start with that. What a spread. What a spread, TFC. We're talking turkey with all the fixings. We're talking a pasta dish. We're talking a kale Caesar salad that was uh, bellissimo. We're talking roast beef sliders. And my favorite part, because I was uh, I was lucky enough to sit with friend of the show and fellow uh, Waking the Red writer, Corey Brady, and uh, basically told his son, you know, as he was watching us just mow down the Brussels sprouts with bacon, and I'm talking giant, giant chunks of bacon, going, Brussels sprouts are gross. And I go, one day, one day, son, you'll People understand. To love not it. right yeah. now. Not right now. It's fine right now because they do look gross. But eventually, eventually, you will discover how freaking amazing Brussels sprouts are. Of course, not by themselves. You got to, I mean, it's all about the fixings, and we're talking all of the bad stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, I can't remember if I was at the last one or if I missed one, but they had one at Real Sports. Uh, oh, God, it might have been it might have been uh, ahead of 2017 or it might have been ahead of 2018. But I, mm. I it was a notable one because I met a lot of my current uh, uh, TFC besties uh, at that event. Um, you know, this one. This one, uh, you know, I, I 
I didn't want to say anything. I wanted to sort of be there and, and, and not, you know, I talk enough and I wanted to hear what was going on. And it was, uh, it was really interesting credit to Bill Manning. He went around, uh, the room, shaking hands, introducing himself to just about everybody that was in there. Um, and, uh, you know, with the, with the, uh, uh, postmortem that this has been a tough bunch of years and, you know, and then they fed us and, uh, we, uh, filed into our seats and we got to watch, uh, the shining light of charisma that is John Herdman in, in real life. I mean, this guy could sell sand to you in the desert. It's unbelievable how ridiculously charismatic he is. And, uh, it went a long way to assuade our fears. Uh, you know, certainly, certainly at the end of the day, no, no, up there it was, uh, it was Luke Wildman interviewing, uh, Jason Hernandez and John Herdman. Bill Manning, yeah. uh, uh, took the stage and then he sort of vacated it and, uh, and, and sort of ceded it to, to those guys. And, and far be it from, you know, there was a point, Herdman was obviously wearing training gear and somebody, uh, an industrious, uh, somebody asked about it, or I think he may have even volunteered it. He probably volunteered it because, you know, he made a point to say, well, I'm wearing these clothes because I just came from U19 trainings. Like, can you believe him? Do you really want to worry about believing him? Do this, is the story amazing? You know, so, so it was, uh, nothing that we didn't expect. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to speak if anybody else in, in the chat would happen to be there, um, and wants to offer any thoughts as to, as to the goings on. I'm, I'm happy to hear it, but, uh, my biggest takeaway was just, um, the megawatt charisma of our new gaffer and uh, considering that cultural issues are, are the priority one right now, I would say, I can't think of a better person for the job. So let's just, let's just roll with this gaffer and, and see what you can bring in terms of this cult of personality, worry about all the other stuff later. Yeah. It's um, you know, these town halls have been to a few and like, they tend to be, I don't want to say dog pony shows, but kind of like, you know, they, they, how they can you roll- say that when the, when the one, the one 2013 one is, is infamous. I wasn't at well, that one. the ones after but, that, right? Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they definitely changed up. Uh, 2013 is infamous. Um, if you were in the room, I think it was the last time they kind of allowed people to open forum, ask questions. Um, but you know, it, from a, from a TFC perspective, I think, look, yes, we all know John Herdman's very charismatic. He's, he's very much going to say the right things, um, to get people to buy in. I, I do find it interesting that in previous town halls, Bill Manning would have taken a little bit more time um, on mm-hmm. stage, I would say. Not to say that he, he always goes around and shakes hands, but I think like on stage, it is notable noticeable that he would have not gone really on stage, maybe like for a couple minutes, I assume, and then and mm-hmm. come off and allow Jason and, and John to, to really take that stage because it is a sort of a symbolic, he's kind of stepping out or away from TFC in terms of those kind of footballing decisions, right? He's going to let the football Mm. people do the football work, which is encouraging, right? Like not to say that Bill Manning doesn't have any acumen in football either. Like he does like as much as Mm -hmm. we sometimes sit here and, and sort of grill him to certain uh, extent. uh, He does have football acumen and he has one, you know, two MLS cups. Right. So like from that perspective, we have to, you know, give him his due from that perspective. So Interesting that that was sort of the the layout of the town hall and interesting that that was sort of how they did it and went about it. Normally, there's like a player there as well, but obviously with the offseason, mm-hmm. I completely understand why there isn't. And, you know, from that perspective, I think that's, you know, I, 
I will say it is a step in the in a right direction, right? Yeah, obviously yeah. time will tell. But I mean that I mean that was good. And hey, look, at least they fed you well. I mean, listen, uh, the last time I was in the Tunnel Club uh, opposite Gate 2 was to watch the Champions League final. Uh, so it was a weird space to begin with. Um, I will say this. It was open mic. Um, they seated the floor two questions uh, with with no um, uh, prerequisite. So that certainly happened. And it wasn't like Bill Manning left the room. I mean, he was very visibly off to a corner watching the goings on. So yes, I would say there was a symbolic seeding of responsibility, but you still knew that the boss was, was present yeah. at the proceedings. So, um, lot, lots to divine out, you know, sometimes it's nice to just sit back and, and watch and, and pay attention to body language and sort of catch, um, catch the, catch the taste. Basically. I, I will say Jason Hernandez really represented himself very well. Um, you know, it's clear that he comes from that tradition. I'm talking about the Bezes and the Ali Curtises of real nerds for MLS roster shenanigans, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's something that you need in that position. Right. I mean, anybody can say, Hey, we need a striker, but in this league, uh, especially with all of the changes that's going on in this league, having a young guy, um, you know, who's hungry for it and has come up through the league as a player uh, who's got that kind of noose to sort of find the sword in the stone with this with this insane draconian MLS construction? I think is is really fantastic. You know, the I, I, there were two questions I want to ask. One is why did you let Victor go? You asshole! But I didn't ask that one. And then <laughs> and then uh, the second one was, um, you know, I wanted because they didn't really talk about it. They talked about um, they didn't really. You know, I wanted to ask like, have you have you maybe uh, uh, unearthed a problem with our sports science staff and with respect to how injured we've been over the last little while. And if it's something endemic in there, but you know, at the end of the day, um, they, they can have time to do that. Uh, my one negative, uh, if I could be so bold is I did not like how Bob and Michael's TFC land adventure was recontextualized as negative from all, all parties. Um, it was sort of a revisionist history kind of, yeah, that was a bad idea. Yeah. And, and I just, I felt it was a little, um, less than especially Michael deserved, um, to have his legacy sort of wrapped up into the spectacular. I don't even think spectacular is the right word, but to, but to have it all sort of wrapped up with this neat little bow as, you know, that was bad. We're moving on from this. I can understand the impetus for it, but I still found it a little bit distasteful. Mm, interesting. Um, and look, I, I, I would find it interesting because again, and more from Bob Bradley than Michael Bradley. Again, I wasn't there, so you will have a better mm -hmm. idea and sense of this, but look, I, I think there was a recognition that all, some of these decisions, look, the DPs are on bill in a lot of ways and, and that's one mm -hmm. thing, but look, the roster construction was mainly Bob, right? Like the, from, from basically the DPs outward and, I think there is legitimate cause to put some, a lot of the blame on his doormat, right? Like in the end of the day, he wanted the ability to control both the on pitch and off pitch in terms of, you know, I want to be able to coach a team and build the tactics and build the identity, but I also want to bring in the players to do that. And mm -hmm. he also wanted a hand in the Academy and you know what I mean? And like at a certain point, 
you know, it's not all his fault, clearly, but a lot of it, you do have to put a bit of that on his. Door, I put an right? asterisk on that. Like, if you're going to say signing Diamande was a was a terrible decision, I can't not agree with you. But to say that that was entirely Bob's decision ignores the fact no, that the he didn't have the budget, and his Rolodex has Adama Diamande in it, and it's that you know, you know, to 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 lay CJ Sapong on his feet. I think a lot more responsibility rests with with Bob for that move than Adama Diamande. But at the same time, you're you're hand waving away the stipulations. You know, you only have this big of a pot to piss in, and of course, they're going to want McNaughton. So you know, it's it, at the end of the day. I just think I can understand why the club is doing it. They, you know, a clean break with the past, but it's still, yeah. I find it distasteful because it's, it's too easy a narrative and I respect Michael Bradley and I respect Bob Bradley too much to allow that kind of an easy narrative to happen. And, and, you know, here's my question to you because mm -hmm. you've been to these earlier Tam Halls. In the bad old days, how quickly did the script flip from we're excited about Paul Mariner and our inventor to holy <laughs> crap, was that a terrible idea? And, and, you know, here, here's the new neck, the next new shiny thing, because it felt like what that must've felt like, like, to, you know, and I don't want to oh, say no. gaslighting, but, but it does, you know, this sort of revisionist history. I, I don't like it. I, you know, it, it ties back to that idea of, you call us sophisticated. You 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 celebrate our intelligence and our and our soccer IQ, and then you try and and pull a bait and switch on us. And I just I think the two are diametrically opposed to each other. And you got to choose one track because you can't do both. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I think you, you're referencing that that 2013 one, and that is just a whole different kettle of fish, right? Like that mm -hmm. was so epochal. Well, I mean, look the the setting for that one for you know those who weren't there like it was literally held in the old west club um paul mariner and i think paul Byrne at the time and i'm forgetting who else might have gone up um literally just took questions from they had like an opening little salvo and then they took questions from anybody who was there and it just i mean look that's different in the sense that that era of tsc just like people had just got to the breaking point Right. Like yeah. that was yeah. the ultimate breaking point for a lot of people. And look, it, it changed uh, the club in a lot of different ways because that went into the 2014 season and, and, um, in that sort of really kind of changed the trajectory. Of the, I'm not saying that that town hall changed the trajectory of the club, mm -hmm. but the trajectory of the club started to shift in a different way at that point. Yeah. Um, and 100%. That's, I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying in terms of the town halls, like I think when you go to these things, whether it's, you know, management speaking or the players are speaking, you always, and Turtz is right. He dropped a lot of F-bombs that night. <laughs> um, Paul Mariner was rest in peace, Paul Mariner, by the way. Um, yeah. but like, um, it, it, they've changed it in a sense. You, you do have to have like your sort of antennae out and your sort of critical thinking cap on because look, they, they, and rightfully so, right. They go into these with very clear speaking points and of course, and, and, and they're trying to make sure or try to get you back online with what the club is trying to do. And I, and I don't have a problem with that. It's just, sometimes you, you get some of those situations like you're talking about where you kind of feel things are a little ooh, like, do we need to really go mm -hmm. there? Um, and this is not, and look, I'm not trying to to turn this into a, you know, we're throwing tomatoes at people on the stage kind of thing, but sure, sure. you know, it, 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 
it can be that way. Now, obviously, when you're going and you're winning and the town halls are great and everyone's happy and you're winning things, then, of course, those become less of an issue and you kind of maybe drop that critical thinking a little bit. But, um, look, it's interesting that you've gone to that. And it's interesting that you got to see that because, um, mm. you know, from that perspective, you know, I think that's um, – I mean, I think you, it's good to see that. And you mentioned Jason Hernandez. I think he is very – He's talented. He's got, like you said, the drive and the hunger. It's a t- it's an opportunity for him to prove himself, right? Like he basically yep. his contract might be done by the end at the end of next season. So, like mm-hmm. in a, in a lot of ways, he you know will have sort of this season to really prove you know that he's become a sort of a master of the game, right? Like if you talk to him, he really does understand the ins and outs of MLS and how things move and how to maximize you know sort of every. Gam, Tam, whatever dollar Mm machination they come up with next, right? Um, And we'll get into that in a second. But, you know, I I think he has the opportunity to to really turn things around along with Sean Rubio. I know we've mentioned this a couple of times um, Mm -hmm. from his ability to to now lead the scouting department and have a proper scouting team to go out there. Is it going to be a turnover in one offseason? No, right? I, I don't think you can realistically expect that. But if he's, you know, if if you start to see some signs of life next season, you know, I think you can see the club maybe going, starting to get into the right direction. The question is just how much patience will everybody have? I, mm-hmm. honestly, when it's I all know. run out. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, uh, just to step back, you know, I did a podcast, I guess on a Swedish MLS podcast, and they asked me to sort of contextualize what TFC is all about. And I mentioned 2013 and that town hall uh, in the same way you did. I said... You know, it was fun following this like misfit group of like uh, uh, of of plucky underdogs until the very second it wasn't, you know, and 2013, like you said, was that breaking point where people were like, you know what, I think we're a little tired of watching a shitty team now. Maybe, you know, like, let's use this this muscle and get and get serious about it. Um, Last thing I want to say, and this is pretty funny, but I want you to guess what two guesses what the giveaway uh, at the town hall was because it was it was Ooh. pretty funny. I mean, I'll, I'll always remember they. You know, I think it was the uh, the play uh, uh, FIFA uh, to get Seba on the All Star team, and they had a big table of giveaways, and they had like this beautiful gray and black pullover that for some reason I didn't grab, and I grabbed a black TFC scarf that I think I've worn zero times. Um, but guess guess what the giveaway was now now remember this is for this is exclusively for season ticket members okay well they wouldn't give you another scarf cuz they got to get that right? <laughs> they did that's they exactly gave you another you, scarf yep 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 i've got another i've got now three, season ticket three scarves yeah 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 season, season ticket scarf the exact same one the exact Ooh. same one yeah, yeah, that was a bit. That was a bit. Yikes! But honestly, it's a good scarf, and, and you, know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They gotta get but, rid of it. Uh, I get it. But I was, but I was like, of the all the things to give away, we everybody here already has this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got another one. I swear, if I found yeah. that, I'm sorry, TFC. I, I feel like now I'm on, I'm on a, I'm on a dartboard for somebody at, at giveaways. Just like he had to mention the goddamn scarves, didn't? Well, hey, he went you know. 15. He went 19 minutes without doing it, and then he couldn't resist. And now everybody, <laughs> now now the emperor has no clothes. So I, uh, I guess I'm never getting invited to a town hall again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I didn't get so clearly, clearly, yeah, yeah. clearly, uh, they're like they had enough of that guy. Um, all right, let's mm-hmm. let's get into this really quickly. Um, 
I don't know how much we want to dig into this. Just the the Fed, the Federico Bernardeschi, I should say, uh, comments mm-hmm. um, that he made to uh, Gazelle del Sport. Just you know, and I'll I'll read it out here. Um, you did a great job of this on on Canadian Soccer Daily and Waking the Red. Um, you wrote mm-hmm. a bit about it, but you know, it, it, the the quote is. It's not like every like everyone expected. Starting from starting from the club, we had many difficulties. There have been changes of coaches, and it probably was the wrong project. Look, a lot of ways to take that. We did ask this in the burning question, so there are some of your responses there. But I, I mean, we're. I don't think. I don't know if there's much to go off there, right? Like, I don't think he's wrong necessarily. But I wanted to get your mm-hmm. thoughts on it. Well, it's, I mean, this is dangerous. I, I have a confession. Do you remember when uh, Quentin Westberg gave that that interview in that French newspaper that caused a bit of a stir? It was probably yeah. 2019, maybe 2020. Yeah. Well, I ran that through, uh, uh, I ran that through Google Translate for the Waking the Red article, and I'm the one that got all the flack from the club with respect to things being lost in translation. So, um, you know, the prof- professional Jeff, Business, business, Jeff says lost in translation, knee jerk, uh, rage, Jeff, the Jeff that we all know and love, um, takes this at face value. I mean, these, these guys cannot shut the F up. Uh, you know, you put a microphone in their face and they immediately, uh, run counter to what they're saying when paraded in front of TFC fandom, which we would expect at this point. I mean, you know, no one's surprised by these shenanigans. Um, I listen, I, I, I think he wants the move. I think he's doing anything in his power to drum up the move. I think his agents are, are doing anything in their power to drum up the move. The joke's on them, though, because the, it's simple arithmetic. Like, take a pay cut. You can go wherever the hell you want. Uh, you want to keep getting overpaid? You're stuck here, just like we're stuck with, with your asses. So put up or shut up. You know what I mean? Uh, and I got... You know, I, I we, we talked about it last week, the, and and I'm on your side. The club can say nothing. They don't want to tank the value of these players. It's, it's, it's bad enough. It's quicksand enough at this point. So they've got to sit on their hands and say nothing. Well, these guys pr- go around and, and besmirch the club and, and make these offhand comments and, and basically, you know, Bush League it up, right? It's just, it's the nature of the beast at this point. So the club has to do nothing and just wait them out uh, in the same way that they, they waited out media for the end of season presser. And, you know, hopefully there are only empty chairs and no, no Bernadeschi or, or Lorenzo Insigne sitting on them at the end of the event. Um, am I concerned? No, because it's simple. It's simple arithmetic at this point, right? Yeah. There are plenty of suitors that will take these guys at the rate that TFC overpaid them. Absolutely not. So it's really simple choice. You know, no one is going to swoop in and pay you, You've done that to yourselves, guys. I mean, your performances in so-called, you know, retirement farmer league leave a lot to be desired. Uh, and that's it, right? Like, you know, in the same way that, that you know, Terry Dunfield, if he goes to a interview, is going to have to live by that coaching record, you know, and maybe he doesn't get to qualify it in the interview process as guys look at, you know, they're just going to say loss, 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 loss. The proof is in the pudding with these guys. You know, Transfer Market doesn't have a video introduction where they get to explain what went wrong and how Bob Bradley didn't get them this number nine or whatever. It's their stats, you know, and they have to to stand by those. So they, you know, talk all you want, because at this point, if it gets you out the door, 
I'm happy. You know, I don't care. I just want them gone. So do whatever you like. Yeah, I hear you. And and I, I don't think that's that's not an unreasonable take at all. I, I, I do think I don't necessarily think he said it like in I regret this decision. Um, I don't think that's no, I, I agree with you. But yeah. but I also like, like I do also think like yes of course he would be open to a move from TFC I think it hasn't gone yeah. the way it expected and as we've said on the show as others have said on other shows as well like TSC probably promised a lot of things that they haven't delivered on Who right and cares that, that no but it does like, matter Jeff like it does like but, if you go to a job like if you take a job and they promise mm-hmm. you a bunch of stuff and then they deliver on like a fourth of them like. Yeah, you're gonna be a little. You're gonna be a little. But like, but ah. that. But 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 to extend your metaphor, that would mean that I'm pissed that they didn't give me my vacation days when I when my on the job performance was was woeful. That I didn't get my contract benefits, yeah. you know, based on job performance that I didn't achieve. Like it's just it's such insanity. Like this wasn't the right project for me. You're taking yourself out of the equation. That suggests that you're like this unbelievable talent that you know just needs to be given free reign we've seen that that doesn't exist like there's no accountability well, they're gonna believe like, they're unbelievable talents they just came off like if you put yourself in their shoe they just came off winning mm. a european championship and they're coming oh my to the mls God. right i want to hear nothing I'm not more about right. that stupid I'm not right, european Jeff. championship but, like, think like, about there are that, a lot of people the- on that team yeah yeah like like you know Every deal is is entered into it with the best intentions. Nobody sits down at a negotiating table and says, we're going to be in last place. It's always the best case scenario. So this insane BS where, you know, they lied to me is is just so insane. It's like you have to have you have to have some some accountability. I see none. It's so distasteful. You know, it these people are paying you lots and lots of money and anytime somebody shoves a microphone in your face you're besmirching the organization and you're taking yourself right out of the equation it's like you were you 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 were ships passing in the night you have no agency over the fact it's so unbelievably distasteful my skin crawls just recounting it and and you know i i, I don't care if it's lost in translation like these kind of quotes where it's about the player and not about the like like what club wants to hire these people they're like if you're a paid assassin, then assassinate people. If you're a paid assassin that's sitting around complaining while somebody else does the job for you, you're worth nothing. I don't like it. it I mean, these the sooner that these guys realize they're worth next to nothing and it's because of them and it's not because of exterior factors, it's because of them. Um, I think the the we're, we're in a real world again because this is starting to be cartoonish nonsense. Yeah. Um, and, and you just writes and just say, do you think mm-hmm. that those are guys Herman wants to keep around. It's an interesting question. I think if he can turn them around, the dopamine hit he'll get from having them commit will be enough. I, I'm speaking from my own experience. If you can, if you can get these guys to buy in, then you know you're going to be buying all the lottery tickets. But look at this off season, man. I mean, every 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 day it's another bit of indiscretion. It's another bit of insubordination from these people. And, and the club can say nothing and do nothing. And, and do you want, like, could you, you know, these are not people you want to go to war with. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I, I, I will be interested to see. I mean, I, I do think the plan is to move on from them if they can. The question really just is if they can, right? Like if, mm-hmm. 
if they're willing to come off it, it, in a lot of ways, it also, they, the, the players have the power here, right? All the power. Like the, yeah. All of they it. have all the power. Right? They got like all the, the hand. Day, if they decide that they want to keep getting paid, they're going to get paid and they're going to stay. Right. And, and there's mm. not really much the club can do unless they can use a buyout on them, which would be insane. Right. You can't use a buyout on a player that high, like that all the players on that kind of salary. Like it would be, mm. be tantamount to, you know, budget suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And, G-Money's, and, G-Money's on fire tonight. I mean, listen to this, like if they admit that their performance was all on themselves, they won't get any meaningful offers this off season. So they needed to collect blame, but it's still noise because at the end of the day, there are statistics on their Wikipedia page that, that revealed just how crap they were. So they can, they can shoot their mouths as much as they want, but at the end, it's just noise. It's just noise. It is. Um, but in the end of the day, I, I think that, look, I don't know how, I don't know how you get off them. Um, mm-hmm. I, unless it's, I, if you're thinking about Syria, I mean, if you're thinking about the Italian top flight, they're going to have to take massive pay cuts, both, both players. Or TFC is going to have to eat such shit. And I, that's, well, I'm, it's, yeah. that's a given. That's almost yeah. now a given. It's now the question of, are they willing to take less money to go yeah. basically anywhere else, but TFC, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if I were them, like, it would sit on the money, but I mean, that that's, that's this me, you know, in the end of the day. That said, yeah, I don't think like I, I get why TFC fans could maybe look at it and say like, well, why is he crapping on us? Why is he saying this is the wrong project? But in a lot of ways, it, it kind of was the wrong project in the sense that they were brought in with one plan and then another plan got hatched, right? And and it just it, the timing never worked. And I get that, right? I get that TFC fans don't care and they shouldn't care about that, yeah, right? Don't care. And they play football. Care play football. Exactly. Play football. Right. And, don't care. and but I, but there is that factor there. Um, And I don't want to necessarily just be like, well, it's all, all, all the players fault. There is a little bit on the club too, as well. And mainly on the MLSE board, but that's another, that's another, that's a whole other podcast. Mm. Oh Um, God, they promised them a championship and they didn't win. My goodness. They should, they should do for defamation and libel. I mean, it's ridiculous. That doesn't hold any, that's completely illogical. What you, your deal didn't work out. Here's the world's smallest violin playing you a concerto. I'm so over these guys. I was over them eight months ago. I'm so over these guys. I can't wait. I will be there with bells on when we extricate ourselves from these people. But I will say this. I don't discount having sat in a in a room with the megawatt charm of John Herdman. I don't discount that he can that he may have the capability to turn these guys around. I don't. If he can turn these guys around, uh, uh, that would be. If he could turn these guys around, I think that would be one of the one of the best coaching moments that we'll ever see in in clearly club history, um, and maybe in MLS history. Realistically, I mean, have you I ever mean, seen Beckham, players- Beckham, Beckham's Donovan tirades were pretty epic. But that was different. That uh, was basically uh, yeah. like Tim Laiwiki saying, "Like we got the rights to your contract. You're not going anywhere." Tough, right? That that mm-hmm. was a little bit different. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think if he can turn him around, turn those two around, or even one of the two, if one yeah. goes and the other one turns, doesn't build matter the which. Statue. Build the statue. I'm telling yeah. you, like it, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I, it, I don't. It would be incredible. I can't discount it. I was there. I felt. I felt the heat. 
I felt the the, the, <laughs> the heat I, of John I did. I, I did. It's it's unbelievable. He's so charismatic. We'll get him on the show one day and just so you all can feel his heat uh, mm. through through mm. your screens uh, live. Um, uh, lastly, let's uh, sort of on the MLS beat here. Um, sure. Let's sort of talk about this impending potential rule change in the roster rules where MLS may be by the middle of next month voting in a fourth DP spot uh, for teams to be able to use for the 2024 season and beyond. Um, There's already rumors out there that if this happens and well, I mean, LA galaxy has a ton of DP spots anyway, but Mm -hmm. they would potentially use it on something like um, Lacazette from which say Arsenal. Say Arsenal. Um, nah. I think, you know, Laka, again, uh, uh, very much not a solo striker kind of guy. Uh, I don't know if that extends to MLS because um, this league's so weird. I don't know if he could be the guy uh, alone in, in a league like this. I, You know, defenders are, are so willing to get stuck in and go studs out on you that I, I, I think that he'd, he'd suffer the same fate over here. Um, but I would, I would, I would love to see Lacazette in MLS. That'd be great. That'd be absolutely great. So I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, you know what? Like, I, I think you know me well enough now to know that I hate the machinations of MLS roster rules. Uh, I think they're unnecessarily overcomplicated. Uh, for I get why they were in place for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're now past that point, but yet we still have them. So nah, have keep, it wacky. Them. keep it wacky. Keep it wacky. Team sure. I mean, to yeah. me, it's like you, if you if it was up to me, I would get rid of DP spots and open up the roster so that you can you can spend uh, that money sort of however you want in terms of just balancing out squads. But I get it. You, you still want star power. You still want teams to shoot mm. big. So we're going to have it. That's fine. Yeah. It'll be interesting for TFC if they do get a fourth DP spot. I mean, they still got to figure out what they want to do with the third one. So so there's that. But, I mean, at, at that point, you would have to figure that TFC would still be a player in sort of the DP market in terms of going out and getting – another i mean i think that fourth dp spot's definitely going to be more of a very very high level tam type player that teams are mm-hmm. generally going to use that spot on because i figure what will end up happening is the cap charge on that fourth dp spot is going to be higher than what it would be for the third dp spot yeah so, yeah and g money again absolutely murdering it today but but um, I starred all of G Money's comments about the the great Oso debacle and why people are still not mm. processing the machinations of why he's a DP and that it will be difficult to just take the tag away. Uh, suffice to say, scroll up on the chat, read uh, G Money's comments from before we went live. Thanks, G Money, and uh, and and educate yourself. But we don't know. Uh, G Money brings up you know the machinations. Was was the fourth DP the only change for this vote? Anyone knows if it impacts the three U twenty two players? Uh, of course, Miami is going to go four DPs and three U two twos without a young under Max Tam DP, which sounds like gibberish. But and and sort of like, yeah, um, yeah, we we don't know. We honestly don't know. We don't um, know yet. I'm yeah. sure there'll be a uh, a, twi- a, twi- a trickle down effect um i think you're probably right that it will have a higher budget charge i think mls loves um the neck bone connects to the to the uh to the hip bone kind of thing so you know it might unlock a eighth 
U22 or U21 slot or whatever the case may be. Um, But it's, it's a good thing. I mean, we can agree that fixture congestion, that more competitive games, the stupid leagues cut break isn't going anywhere. So having another elite player uh, allows teams to build stronger rosters uh, and still keeps the league Again, uh, this podcast hit that I did for the Swedish MLS show comes out on Wednesday, but we talked a lot about uh, the peculiarities of MLS. And I quoted a, I think it was the Scottish Guardian article, maybe 2018, 2019. And they said, I'll, I'll try and find it and post it on X or Twitter or whatever the hell they want to call it this week. Um, uh, uh, that, you know, they, the, 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 Scot- the writer at the Scottish Guardian was basically saying that if they had to start football again, they would take a lot of things from MLS in terms of the salary cap, the emphasis. Oh, 100%. Parity. If football had to start again uh, in Europe, they would 100% yeah. do salary caps and sort yeah, of a lot of exactly. things at MLS. Did. Exactly. So we're, you know, of course it's, it's a mess here. Um, it's a mess and, but it's a fun mess. And, and, you know, let, let's, let's see what a fourth DP means. Cause it's going to be wacky. It's going to yeah. be wacky. What's TFU going to do with it? F it up. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, well, I mean, look, I, I think, uh, look, I think there's going to be a push for younger DPs that are maybe less known, right? Like, if you look mm-hmm. at Sean Rubio's record at um, Austin and the way that they scouted for their DPs, getting a Sebastian Giussi, like, yeah, yeah, not the most known name uh, in the world, but, you know, in, in the end of the day, somebody that uh, I believe was a golden boot winner almost, you know, won an MVP, yeah. right? Like, so I, from that perspective, I think there is some use there for TFC if they can scout those type of players properly. For, in terms of your comment about, you know, Leaks Cup and having more games and fixture congestions and things like that, honestly, you take those DP dollars and you spread them out a little further down the roster. That's how you mm-hmm. kind of build up more depth to be able to to compete uh, while those games are going on. But again, like I said, it's MLS. Here's, they're not changing. They like the DP thing. It works for the league. It yeah, is a and, selling feature of the league in a lot of ways. But I also think it's effective. I mean, I don't know if we were going to talk about it, but these insane MLS playoffs are going again. And I know you watch them because you were the impetus mm-hmm. for my tweet. You know, I'm glad to see people are still watching MLS because I saw you talking about, what was it, Cucho's, uh, Cucho's goal in Columbus? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you look at, I don't know what the hell is going on, but we're back to single elimination, right? And you look at the score lines and they were all very low scoring games, very cagey games where one special player in a moment of individual brilliance very opened that game up. Very you true. saw it in the in the run up to the League Cup and you're seeing it manifest in the playoffs now. So maybe you don't need them for your group stages, but the more, I mean, look at Christian Bale, right? Totally useless. And then wins LAFC, the, the MLS Cup. Having uh, a war chest of game breakers may be the secret sauce for MLS 4.28 or wherever the hell we are now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Version you're you're sort of seeing it. I mean, you you have to I, – I, it's kind of inarguable. You saw it writ large this weekend. Yeah, know? very much so. so. I mean, look, in the end of the day, Denny Buanga uh, essentially – you know, won the game. Won's the game. I mean, at that point, Seattle was bossing the game at that point and looked like they were the team to score. Denny Buanga gets the ball, streaks down the wing, puts a top bin, and that's it. That's that's the game. Oh, Um, Gareth Bale. I said Christian Bale. Sorry, whatever. Well, you know, (laughs) know Christian Bale is paying 
you know that Christian Bale is going to play Gareth Bale in the eventual uh, documentary uh, biography. So I'm happy. Yeah. You know, from that perspective, and of course, Cucho Hernandez, who I think is probably one of the most underrated DP signings. I mean, yep. he's rated in yep. MLS circles, but like really. Well, I mean, Hany, Hany Mukhtar, like, did anybody yep. know he existed before he came to MLS and started doing the business, right? Like, we could say the same thing for, for Seba. Uh, uh, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so interesting, interesting stuff going on in MLS, even though TFC aren't even really in it at all. Uh, during this I hate time these playoffs. I, we've said it already. I hate them. I'm, I'm glad. We're I, I like it now that it's gone as at least single el- elimination now. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you know, at least there's something really on the line. Like not to say that there weren't things on the line in the first round, but the series of three, I just think, you know, why mm. do you want to copy baseball? Like, you know, you know, like, you know, there's, there's no, no crying in baseball. Yeah. yeah. So so now that they've gone to a single all the time. Now yeah. they've gone to single game eliminations that I, I find them a little bit more entertaining. Um it's, just, it's like right. a whiplash. It's like tantric playoffs. It's like it's 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 insane. Like you it's just you have I mean well, they're we gone and then they come we, back. We sort of and, talked about yeah. this already, but I mean the yeah. whole point of going to single elimination in the 2019 season was so that they would avoid the international break. So you wouldn't have this time yeah. off and people would forget the playoffs were on. Then they'd be back on it for like, oh crap, that's still going. Um, yeah, that was the whole insane. point. It's so dumb. Now they went back. I don't know. Anyway, MLS. Mm-hmm. They'll probably change it next year, and I don't know. Oh, they're for sure. Probably, they're probably for have sure. a World Cup. We're gonna play it in space. Tournament or something. We're gonna or play or it on the on the on the international space station. That's gonna be uh, exactly. single elimination on the on the international space station. All right, um, let's let's jump into this really quickly. Look, there's a lot of other shows that have covered uh, the men's national team loss to Jamaica, so we won't go into a ton of it because probably if you're listening to this podcast, you've already listened. And it to hurts too well. much, yeah. and it does hurt too much. But Canada did uh, drop a winnable tie, a two-legged tie against Jamaica to one get into the nation league final, which they did not do, obviously, and then also miss in sort of a an easy route. Uh, birth to Copa America. They now have to do it the hard way by going to Frisco, Texas in March uh, to beat Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I would say it's probably a winnable one, but I'm not going to actually say that because Trinidad actually no. beat the U.S. through one in the last international window. But um, I want to talk about it in, in two ways. One, obviously, mm-hmm. we talk a little bit about the game. Great first half. C- Canada started to actually look a little fluid there. Played mm-hmm. well, probably should have scored at least two other goals on top of yep. the one they did get. Andre Blake was immense, made some really big saves. Let's not, um, you know, let's not discount that. Um, but then the second half happens, and ooh, I mean, G Money's just talking about it right now. It's in my mind. I don't want to. I don't want to put the Borean situation is the keepy uppies. I don't want to put that all on Borean. Obviously, that is not the reason, the, the sole reason they lost. But in the stands, you know, in the South End, watching that happen live, a lot of people cheered. And I don't blame them for doing it. I'm not upset that anybody was like, oh, like, uh, uh, yes. You know, I, I get why you would do that. Tragic three, comedy. Well, you're 3-1 up in a tie with two away goals. You think you should be probably safe, right? Like, you, you should be taking care of business at you know home who else does that kind of does that kind of crap Jefferson Soteldo no let's not let's not be Jefferson oh, Soteldo do, oh. do the complete opposite of whatever how we would get to a podcast without bringing Jefferson Soteldo but there you go I can't I can't I can't <laughs> but uh there's rent free up- in my head yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah keepy uppies yeah lead to obviously ball goes out 
instant turnover. Estacco gets caught on the ball. You could argue it might have been a foul. I didn't actually think it was a foul. Um, and then mm-hmm. they score, and you could you could feel the 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 shift in the stadium when Shamar Nicholson scored that first goal. Like you mm-hmm. could feel like, uh oh, like I, even though like it's okay, it's you know it's one one in the in the t- in the game, um, and three two on aggregate at that point, you can kind of feel the shift in the stadium. And then it was just 16, 20 minutes of madness where Jamaica yep. basically push uh, Damian Lowe into the midfield and Damian Lowe becomes a midfield enforcer, which I didn't think Damian Lowe was a midfield enforcer. I watched the Jamaican national team quite a bit. I obviously have watched Damian Lowe. He's been in MLS. He's, you know, he just got eliminated with uh, the Philadelphia Union, but he, could, he mm-hmm. pushes up the midfield and bosses it. And yep. I mean, look, Jamaica are no slouches, right? They're nope. not like I tweeted out. They're not the U.S. Virgin Islands. You know, they're they're a good team. Yes, they were missing Mikel Antonio. Yes, they had a few other key injuries. But you still had Damari Gray. You still had Leon Bailey, and Shamar Nicholson is not a slouch, right? And it they just took their game to another level. And Canada just kind of got complacent in the second mm-hmm. half. I don't know what you yep. saw, Jeff, but that's kind of what I saw from the stands. And well. Yeah, I wasn't there. I mean, I watched the first half and then I went to a screening and when I left, we were one up and I thought it was a done deal. And then I got on the train home and I opened up X, uh, Twitter, whatever the hell, Elon's Elon's uh, sandbox and uh, uh, immediately went WTAF uh, and my mood changed significantly. Oh, yeah. um, so in a way, I kind of mirrored uh, the Canadian experience. Uh, this is my takeaway. You look at Jamaica, you have an example right there. A foreign coach who did things with the Icelandic national team. He comes in, he's not beholden to anybody. He's not, he doesn't have favors he needs to cash in from the Federation. He has no real personal relationships that he has to ante up or navigate with the players and with the Federation. This is what Canada needs. As much as I love Moro Bello, as much or Bielo as or Bello, as much as I love the idea of Bobby Smyrniotis uh, taking taking the keys to the car. We need an Ancelotti kind of guy. We need someone. No, but I, and it doesn't have to be Carlo Ancelotti. I bring him up just because of, you know, the rumor mill yeah. refuses to let that one die. But mm-hmm. we need somebody that has pedigree, inarguable pedigree. And it doesn't have to be Ancelotti. It can be someone else um, that can come in and is not beholden to anybody. You know, the brotherhood took us very, very far. But it's now turned into something that can get problematic very quickly. Uh, it's too insular in there. You need to upset the apple cart. Um, and that requires. I don't even care about the tactical news. I just somebody coming in with the ability to make decisions that may not be popular ones, but are necessary ones, you know? Well, before they get a head coach, they got to go get a secretary general. They they got to get a they got to get somebody to actually run the day to day. They don't even have that yet. I mean, I don't see a problem with with DeVos uh, taking that up permanently. I think that it's smoke and mirrors. I mean, why do you need we need this is all it all this all revolves around what goes on on the pitch. So why are we deflecting it to no, we need to hire the the. The bus driver first. No, well, the bus driver needs to. Well, that's a problem, right? The way Canada soccer mm. is setting this up 
is that they want to get wrong. Sort it's of wrong. The, get, no get the guy yeah. to then hire that guy that you're talking about, right? And then yeah. that's yeah. And Canada Soccer is taking their kind of sweet time about it. Now, I get it from a sense that they want to make sure they get the right person. And I'm sure Jason DeVos is getting interviewed for the role as well. Um, they kind of, you, you kind of need this person in fairly soon. Like 2026, although it's, you know, it's the end of 2020, mm. it's not that far away. It really isn't that Listen, far away. It will be on you sooner than you think. 100%. And everything that I said about the coach being a foreign national, I have the complete opposite opinion about the general secretary. This needs to be somebody that is a former player, Jason DeVos, somebody that's got uh, institutional knowledge of the failings and the successes of the Canadian team that has re uh, uh, relationships with all of those people that we know nothing about, you know, the Canadian tire marketing people, the Cooper marketing people, the, the you know, all of those relationships. You do not want somebody coming cold and trying to upset that apple cart because at the end of the day, it's so tied to the CSB deal anyway. You could put a pile on there and it doesn't matter. We need to address on pitch stuff. And so I have no patience for this, you know, well, first we got to hire the, the president. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, you earmark the budget to get this guy and hopefully find somebody that's an inarguable hire because we are treading water right now and we're treading water without a safety jacket. We're going to drown. Uh, there's too much intercine. And this is, I think this is what, this is a natural occurrence when you preach brotherhood and that insular stuff is now there's a lot of people with skin in the games with favors to call in with relationships that they want to flex with this and that person and it's just getting tired. You need a you need a reset, uh, and and you, because the as much as I hate that Jason Hernandez, you know, said, "Hey, Victor, it was great winning MLS Cup with you, and that goal you scored off your crotch was amazing." But you got to go, you know. As much as I can't stand that, that's the kind of attitude that TFC needs, and that's the kind of attitude that I think the Cayman's national team needs. Right, yeah. Milan, you're in the way. Maxime is waiting here. Maxime is not getting any younger. He needs more reps. You're in the way now. You know, thank you for your service. Uh, we will call you up to camps. You can do training. It'll be great. You'll be in all the videos. But when the lights shine the brightest, it's Milan's. It's 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 Maxime's job now. You know, uh, uh, making making tough decisions based on the only thing that matters, which is what's going on on the pitch and the relationships on the pitch. The relationships outside of it are very important, but I think they become more important, and that's why you need a you need a fresh set of eyes up there. Fair enough. I mean, look, in the end of the day, um, whether they go get a coach first or go get the the general secretary for, uh, either way, um, or is, you know, you, the budget will be an issue in terms of getting, getting the coach you want. Right. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're in, and, and I see it in the, in sort of the chat here, you're talking about Ancelotti mm. and all that kind of stuff. Like he has not confirmed to Brazil yet. He is trying to get a new deal at Real Madrid first. If he doesn't yeah. get the Real Madrid job, he will go to probably to Brazil. Oh, he's he's uh, out of our price range. We can't. Yeah, it, it, we wouldn't be able to afford him anyway. Yeah. But unless um, he comes here for a sweetheart deal, but there are there could be other Ancelotti's. You know. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there are those those coaches out there. I guess you know. It, it, look, jo it, John Herdman built a system, a certain way that the national team works and has worked, and I think it started to crumble a bit to the end and I don't want to go into all the, the mm -hmm. Canada soccer, John Herbin politics right now. Cause I think that's still very raw. Um, mm -hmm. But now those players now have to figure out another way. 
right? Nope. It's going to have to be a different way because what 100%. happened on what happened on last Tuesday night. I mean, you just you can't it, it, let you know. Let's just all intents and purposes say they go off and they beat Trinidad and they go to Copa America, right? Mm-hmm. No one is expecting them to do any big things at Copa America, right? But at the same time, you still want to go out there and you still want to be competitive. And you still you need to go out there. Mo- you don't want to. You forward. need to. Well, this you, team like, needs to. Yeah, you need to show that you you're making steps forward to being more competitive on an international stage at a higher level than Concacaf, right? Let's just come up all as a higher level than Concacaf. Absolutely. So you know, from from that perspective, what what you saw Tuesday night was more concerning than just not getting to Nations League finals, right? It was a team that just the balloon just deflated, and there was no response, and mm-hmm. and that's the we've scary seen this thing. feeling. We've seen the ceiling of this team in this system. I think I can say that with a certain measure of of of, of uh, authority. From my position, we've seen this team ceiling, and now we're seeing it unravel um, because no one likes to see their high watermark. This team under this regime, we've seen the high watermark. I don't know. I firmly believe. But I'm not sure. Fair. I don't think. I don't think we have seen the the high mark. I think what we saw was a team that took their foot off the gas, thinking they were fine at three one. That's a mental thing. I don't think it's. I I I do. I I I think both things are true. Um, and and what you're saying it feeds into that. I think we we know the ceiling of this team. We know the ceiling. We know how far brotherhood can take us. We know how far um, the the sort of way that we've been structuring our matches and 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 the you know the energy that we've been putting into things. We've seen how far it can take us. That's why Copa America is to me doubly important because it's a whole new set of particulars. It's a whole new set of stress. It's not quite the world cup, but it's certainly not CONCACAF qualification. So it's so important. And that's why I'm so bummed about this result. I really, really am so bummed about this result. It sets, it sets this program back a significant amount. I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it. Uh, I think it, I definitely, it is a setback. I, I don't think it's the biggest, I think it, it might've been actually a good thing um, for them, for this to happen in a sense that I think there's some players that needed a wake up call. And I think mm-hmm. there's some players who needed to understand that they're good, but they're not there yet. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's a good wake up call. And the other thing I wanted to touch on in, in this game, just um, sort of anecdotally, is sort of just the experience of myself going to a Canada game while having Jamaican heritage. Um, I wasn't going to mention it, but, but uh, I was thinking the same. No, I want to talk about it because, because it is, it is an interesting one for me. Look, I I was in the South and I was in the Voyagers. I was supporting Canada hundred percent, but there is. You did have a Jamaica t-shirt on underneath your Canada. uh, No, no. I had thermals on because it was cold and wet Mm. um, that game. But uh, you know, it was interesting to see because, a lot of people will go into um, this game, it, and I've heard, I've seen the discourse of it. Like you know, when Jamaica started sort of making their um, their comeback in, in the game, some people were sort of criticizing that there were Jamaica, there were a lot of Jamaican fans really sort of vi- loud. They were loud, right? Like once they started scoring, they were really loud. And um, look at this reality: there's a lot of Jamaicans in Toronto. And mm. and a lot of Jamaican fans in Toronto. And it was to me, it's the, the thing that makes the city great. Yes, I know we always want a stadium full of Canadian supporters that are are only supporting Canada. And and 
I understand that. Mm -hmm. But I thought the atmosphere on on Tuesday night was great in a sense that you pretty much had a you know a mostly Canada crowd with Jamaicans in it and Jamaican fans in it that were able to celebrate, sort of celebrate in, in a yeah. sense, right? Like, I think a lot of Jamaican fans that were there that if Canada had gone on to win the tie, I think would have been happy too. A lot of, a mm. lot of them are either first generation Canadians that, that have Jamaican heritage or, you know, have immigrated to the country in the last call it 20, 25 years. Okay. Sure. Sure. So I, I think that's a, I think that's a beautiful thing. Did almost have Me to break too. up a little bit of a fight because there was some Jamaican fans that did get down into into the voice yeah. section where I was. I had to have a chat with them and be like, eh, maybe not the smartest idea. But you know, in, in the end of the day, I, I think it was a, a a highlight of what kind of makes the country um, in, in the mosaic of what our country is. And in one hundred percent. To me, it was it's one of those things where I'm supporting Canada, but like, am I also proud that Jamaica were able to get to Copa America and, and are also going to get to test themselves? I think it's 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 a good thing for them. I think, as you mentioned, you know, having a new coach in uh, is good for the program. Now, the question, of course, is can you keep a lot of these guys who majority of them are English, right? They're born in mm -hmm. England. Their yeah, their parents yeah. are Jamaican. They're able to play. The question is, can you keep them engaged and interested past sort of this period? Um, that's the biggest issue that Jamaica football has always had. They've been able to bring all these expats in for these big tournaments. Uh, and then sort of they have Not like a bunch for the, yeah. plays the Caribbean yeah. Cup and CONCACAF uh, and things like that. Can you keep these guys engaged? That's the biggest question. But that was sort of my experience was like cheering for Canada. Jamaica wins. And although I'm bummed for Canada, I'm actually kind of happy for Jamaica because the the federation needs it. They they definitely need to be in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just bummed because I I, I don't have the Jamaican heritage, so I don't care that they won. <laughs> I want yeah, no, fair. But, no, you uh, should, but, but uh, yeah, you know, I I always rail against this idea that you know in Toronto, um, the expectation is it's all going to be Canada fans. Um, that's not Toronto, and I hope in my lifetime it never will be. Uh, I love that mosaic. That's one of the things that I'm the proudest about as a Torontonian. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite things. It's, uh, you know, G Money's just killing it today. But they say, uh, even at TFC games, when an international is playing on the road team, you'll see fans from that country show up to the game. It's wonderful. It's it's wonderful. And, uh, you know, I'm sad that, that it got to almost handbags uh, because I think that there should always be a, a line of demarcation between sports hate and real hate. And I think it's weak people that don't know the distinction. It's easy, you know, banter all you want, but there's another person there and, and getting into, you know, getting into fisticuffs over a, over a, a football game, you know, there's better things to do with your time. So, so, but uh, yeah, uh, I wish I had been there. Not really, because it was freezing cold, and I was nicely warm inside a, 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 a theater. So, yeah, but uh, sucks. What can you yeah, say? It, it sucks, Mike. Um, it sucks. Before we hit, before we hit to the burning question here, uh, Richard Greenberg just asked really quickly. Just as my own CPL nerd, I'm coming through really quickly. Mm. Three days. Any new York United ownership news? No, um, zero. No news yet. Um, there is thought that it's a foreign group. Uh, and that Woodbine and Entertainment will have something to do with it. Uh, but so far, nothing for York United. Um, no. Okay, you want to hit the burning question? 
Yeah, I've even, I sort of had it ready. The Burning Question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's where you can connect to the people, places, and businesses in your neighborhood. Uh, Download Nextdoor to find the soccer fan in your neighborhood, like on the Toronto FC fan community. We've been posting there, interacting all season. You guys have been joining. It's been great. We really appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Um, Download the app at the App Store or on nextdoor.ca. And the burning question we asked this week, what do you think of Federico Bernadeschi's comments in Italy calling the Bob Bradley era of Toronto FC the wrong project? Um, Two responses I pulled here. Um, Turch is saying he was the rock project and a beautiful a set of white pajamas almost had me believing those were, those were, did you see my response? I said, we, we were, we, we got uh, hoodwinked by a pantsuit and some call and response. I, <laughs> I, I also, it was I a great call and response. It was a great pantsuit. Great. I mean, um, he knew, he knew exactly where to hit us. That's a direct yeah, quote from did. Star Trek to the wrath of Khan. <laughs> I finally got to get that in. It's only been three years of doing the podcast and I finally got that quote in. So there we go. Absolutely. And uh, Joe just writes in, I think uh, a lot of it got lost in translation. He's not saying he regrets coming here. He was disappointed in how the season played out. His attitude and commitment was never questioned with Fiorentina and Juventus and the national team. Fair. Um, However, I will say this. I think when you under when you're in a system that you understand right he under obviously he's going to understand you're, the italian system and you're not a day-to-day player you're yeah, a, yeah. Not a well fiorentina was um you know from you know you'll 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 be fine with that right you understand the context you understand the the situation that you're in i think coming over i think it's a it's always going to be a shock right it's always going to be a shock to your system in terms of the obviously the quality of play but also sort of the way that clubs operating at Bill. I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm just saying mm. that those things are going to be a bit different. And I think I think that probably took took him a little bit by surprise. And Lorenzo too, to a certain extent, in terms of the amount. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, the violin, I understand. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there's still a soccer ball and they still wear cleats. And there's still two goals at either end of the pitch. So this idea that it's this humongous adjustment to play the sport that you play professionally doesn't wash. I'm sorry. I'm so over it. I'm so Fair over it. Fair enough. Um, all right. Let's 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 wrap it up for this week. Uh, you guys have been fire in the comments. It's been great uh, listening to yeah, that. Yeah, G-Money wins. G-Money Enjoy. wins this round. Enjoying the uh, content there. Uh, but thank you for tuning into another Toronto Till I Die. Um, the community is growing, as you as you can see in the chat, if you're watching us live. Uh, podcast, trust me, the, the chat was good. Um, tell us, uh, tell them how much you're you're enjoying the show. Review us if you haven't already on all the platforms. Thumb it's been up since us. October, guys. I need another five star review to yeah. to to warm the cockles in my heart, guys. I need one. <laughs> Give us all the reviews, the five stars mm-hmm. on all the platforms that you're watching and listening on. We really do appreciate it. Um, and for Jeffrey P. Nesker, I'm Mike Newell. We'll see you next time. Cheers, everybody. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.